Today's episode of Beyond the Mask is presented by the team at CRNA Financial Planning. Get a free consultation today to be guided through the complexities of investing and financial planning. Just visit crnafinancialplanning.com. Beyond the Mask is also sponsored by crnaeducation.com. CRNAs, you can get the CE credits you need by just going to crnaeducation.com. They have over 100 AANA prior approved credits, all four core CPC modules, and even over 40 pharmacology credits. No subscriptions, it's all online and mobile friendly. Just go to crnaeducation.com. And don't forget, listening to our podcast can earn you Class B credits. For more information on how you can submit them, check out our CE credit tab on our website, beyondthemaskpodcast.com. Welcome to Beyond the Mask, innovation and opportunities for CRNAs and advanced practice nurses with certified financial planner Jeremy Stanley and CRNA Sharon Pierce. Jeremy Stanley has worked with CRNAs for more than 23 years, and Sharon Pierce is a former president of the AANA and the NCANA. Join us as we leave the operating room and learn the latest in the CRNA and advanced practice nurse industries. Beyond the Mask starts in 10, 9, 8, 7. Hey, this is Sharon. I'm in Washington, D.C. at Mid-Year Assembly, and unfortunately, Jeremy couldn't join me here at the meeting. However, listeners, I have been joined by one of our new guest co-hosts, Tracy Castleman. Tracy's been a lifetime, and a long time, (laughs) we're not going to define any of that, friend of mine, and is one of the group I affectionately call the Fab Four. Tracy, thank you for joining me today. And so why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself before we kick off our topic today? Well, I would have liked you to have said you were fortunate to have Tracy Uh, here with us today. I am more than fortunate. I am a well-seasoned CRNA. (laughs) I started in New York. I'm a graduate of the fabulous Albany Medical um, College program uh, from Denise Martin Sheridan and Kathy O'Donnell, Mm -hmm. where my uh, program directors, I got to learn from the best. Um, I know you, you're just a little jealous over there, aren't you now, Christy? You know, Kathy O'Donnell is one of the reasons that I'm here. Well, she's the reason why many of us are here. Right. Uh, <laughs> I got to practice um, in Albany at the Trauma Center for quite a few years before I moved to New Jersey, where I raised my two sons, and I've been active in the state association there, holding many different positions, including president. And I currently chair the state association's charitable arm. I believe we're the only state that has its own mm-hmm. charitable arm, I think so. um, which is really um, a nice place to be at this point. I get to ask everybody for money, and I... Um, I spent it on <laughs> our charity supports um, communities at risk, um, healthcare risk, and health being defined in all ways. It could be homelessness, um, it could be in um, access to care, all sorts of things. And so I'm real fortunate to do that. And I'm here today um, adding this to my resume. All right. Well, Christy. So glad to have you back with us again. It's it's been a while since you've been with us. It has us. been. So has why been. don't you introduce yourself? Tell us where you're from, and and go ahead and tell us what your topic is for today. All right. I am Dr. Christy Hoke of Tucson, Arizona, and I'm the program administrator for the nurse anesthesiology program there. And I've been there since 2017, after uh, 
living and working in Maine for an all CRNA company. And um, I've lived a full life in that I grew up in Nebraska and I went out to Maine once I got out of nurse anesthesia training. Lived there for 13 years, raised two sons. Tracy, I didn't know we had that in common, but that's kind of, that's why there's this kindred spirit mm-hmm. here. One of the many reasons. Right. Boy, boy moms. <laughs> yes. yes. Boy moms, New England, you know, there's a, there's a lot of different things there. But yeah, and now I live in Tucson. I don't have to shovel snow. It does say, snow there. They realized it gets war- there's warmer places to live. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I have seen it snow. We were at a meeting in Arizona mm-hmm. when Dennis Bless was president. I was president-elect, and it snowed yeah. in the desert. It snows in the mm-hmm. desert. It it's cold. gone by noon, but yeah, yeah, yeah it snows. Unlike me, it's, it's, pretty. it's gone by May. <laughs> Yeah. If you're lucky, yes. it's gone by May. And that's after you get through mud season. Yes. <laughs> now, uh, Christy, before we launch into your topic, mm-hmm. you were the one who brought forward within our organization, why don't we call our students residents? Because they really do a residency. Agreed. Agreed. And you know, it started off as a kind of a uh, very interesting thing. I had a physician anesthesiologist contact Mm -hmm. me and we were setting up a clinical site. I said, can we come here and do hearts? And he said, you know, I would love that. But in the affiliation agreement, is it okay with you if we refer to them as residents? And here is why. If they get to a certain level, then they can be supervised two to one. And I was all over it. Let me think about that. (laughs) Done. We got this. Yes, absolutely. So then that kind of helped me do my homework because I don't go anything without having the evidence to support what I'm doing. So I did all the research, got a zip file on it, went to my boss, who is the biobehavioral health sciences director. Okay, we got it approved there. Went to the dean, got it approved there. Had to go through several different committees to get it approved. Final approval was the vice president of health sciences got it approved there. They were like, it makes sense. They're licensed professionals before they ever enter graduate training. They're critical care nurses with experience Mm -hmm. before they ever enter here. It helps the healthcare staffing shortages because they can be supervised two to one. And it sets us apart truly from anesthesiology assistants and they're attaining a doctorate. Mm -hmm. So it just makes sense. We've changed it in all of our affiliation agreements, except one, and that's because that chief anesthesiologist absolutely refuses to let it happen, but that's okay. I don't send my residents there because I'm not going to put them in a toxic environment. Mm -hmm. If we just work together, there's Mm -hmm. enough for everyone to do. Isn't that the truth? Oh, my goodness. Well, thank you. I mean, there are a lot of people in our organization who say that words matter, so if words do matter... um, and there you have it. So thank you for that. Yeah. So why don't you go ahead and kick off uh, your topic today, advocacy and nurse anesthesiology training. So I honestly feel, and I just uh, spoke on this in a panel for mid-year, and we were talking about how did you get involved? What did it take? And um, I've been so fortunate to have so many absolutely incredible mentors in my career path. And the fire started when I was a student Mm -hmm. in my nurse anesthesia program. 
I was in a clinical rotation in Nebraska, and we were in the process of opting out. Nebraska was the second state to opt out mm. only a few hours behind Iowa. An anesthesiologist who had written a reference letter for me to get into school had taken out a full-page ad in the paper stating that if we were allowed to opt out and CRNAs could practice independently, there would be blood in the streets mm. and people would be dying. And I just thought, well, what a hypocritical thing to say. Because in this letter, you state glowing things about my practice as a respiratory therapist and as a nurse. And now you're coming back and saying, but I will kill people and they will die in the streets. And I, I remember that feeling of just awkwardness and humiliation. And I never, ever wanted to have that again. And I think that that is really what ignited my fire. And I was at a state meeting in Nebraska and to the president at that time was uh, Tim Glidden and Nancy Gondringer was our mm -hmm. FPD. Mm -hmm. And I was telling them this feeling that I had and they're like, oh, we need to take her to mid-year. Yes. <laughs> and that's how we capture you. <laughs> that, that, that was it. And I remember the meeting people here and that networking mm -hmm. and just talking with what I consider to be the backbone of the ANA. This is where the leadership community is. This is where the rubber hits the road. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I remember sitting in one of the educational lectures and Larry Hornsby happened to get up on the podium and he was wearing a pair of overalls and, and carrying Karen a carrot. Yes. <laughs> I know what year that was. <laughs> I do too. And I was just like, what is this? Doing his poor boy oh, from Chickasaw, yes, scratching out a living. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And <laughs> the amount of money that he raised, mm -hmm. I was just like, oh, well, look at there. Look at how this works. And overalls with carrots. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it but was good fantastic. Hair. We have to say that about Larry. Oh, he the silver fox. Hair. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Good he hair. He still has great hair. Winter <laughs> ice, I think you call yes, it. Yes. It's winter ice. Winter now, ice. now probably if we stand side by side, it looks same color. <laughs> <laughs> and Larry, it's winter ice. Yeah. It's not gray. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So I'm hearing this is what in inspired you mm -hmm. to be a leader, to be involved. And um, so, and now you're paying it forward with your students. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, you have come full circle. Haven't I? <laughs> in, I remember the day that I got the call from the University of Arizona. I was at the grocery store and I had just gotten off call and uh, my phone rings and I answer it because it was a number that I just, you know, Hmm, I wonder what this is. So this is so-and-so from the University of Arizona. And hey, we're kind of interested. Would you ever consider coming out and being the assistant program director? And I just went, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> no, I immediately said no, because I knew that I was going to go from a certain standard of living mm. to a different standard of living. And how is that, you know, I'm good where I am. I work a lot, but I'm happy. It's all good. And I loved this ERNA company that I worked for. So I get home and I'm unpacking the groceries and my husband comes in to help me and he says, so you're gone a long time. Is everything okay? And I go, yeah, you know, 
I had this case and then I just stopped at the grocery store and he goes, yeah, I can tell you stopped at the grocery store. Mm-hmm. I go, you will never guess who called me. And he said, who? And I said, the University of Arizona. And he goes, yeah, what did they want? Well, they want me to come out and be their assistant program director. He goes, well, what did you say? And I said, no. <laughs> and he goes, what? And I go, I, I don't have any desire to do this. What do you, what do you think? And he goes, I think you should listen to them. He's I, a lovely man. <laughs> anyway, you know, I know your husband. He's a lovely man. I can see him doing that. He's an honorary CRNA. He truly is. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. supporting him me through <laughs> so many fights. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, made maps for me to show where we practiced independently and all those things. But um, he said, I've been with you to all of these meetings. And the most excited you are is when you are with residents and talking to them about the profession that you love so much. Mm. What better way to ensure your profession than to go and train them the way that you want them and create your own army of stormtroopers. Hey, CRNAs, it's time to simplify your continuing education. Welcome to CRNAeducation.com, your trusted provider for CPC core modules and a plethora of Class A CE credits. You can explore 43 detailed articles covering various anesthesia topics, all from your favorite device, anytime, anywhere. And with over 40 pharmacology CE credits, meet your state board requirements effortlessly. Whether you need a few credits or everything to recertify, we have what you need. Just complete your credits online without any subscriptions or recurring charges. You can trust in our 100% CRNA-owned platform, established in 2011, ensuring you receive the best in customer service and educational content. Ready to learn? Go to crnaeducation.com, making continuing education easy and accessible. And don't forget that support is always a quick email or a text or phone call away. To sign up and learn more, just go to crnaeducation.com. Now, now, as we know, you, mm-hmm. you did take the job. I remember when you were moving and all of that was going on. Um, so we're talking about advocacy, but that also kind of lends itself to, to leadership mm-hmm. um, with the the residents. Mm-hmm. It's going to take me a while to get that nomenclature down. Um, but when do you start to incorporate leadership slash advocacy in their training? Day one. Well, there you have it. Day one. When they come in for orientation, we talk about their future in the profession. And advocacy to me isn't always just about coming to mid-year meeting with legislators, all those sorts of things. It's quality patient care, Mm -hmm. advocating for that patient. When you have them sign an informed consent, how many patients have told you, nobody has ever talked to me about this before. Nobody has ever said this Mm -hmm. is going to happen and this is what I need. And it's like, yeah. So you're already a leader. One, just getting into a very competitive anesthesia program. It's hard to get into our programs. We take anywhere from five to 10% maybe. And they're the best of the best. Mm -hmm. So they're already leaders. For me, it's kind of talking with them and finding out where their passion is. Because not all of them want to ever go talk to a legislator. But becoming a chief CRNA, becoming involved in the healthcare facilities and improving practice there 
is another form of leadership. There's so many things and just talking to them about what they want to do and how they want to do it and helping develop that leadership in them. It's what I've always said, um, what you just said, when the nurses that rise to choose to become nurse anesthetists, they've already established themselves as leaders. They've already... Absolutely. They're going to assume the head of the bed. Mm -hmm. They've already established themselves that way. I think also teaching, just even if they teach clinically, Mm -hmm. that is leadership. Oh, absolutely. Our clinical preceptors, I cannot say enough about the amount of leadership that they instill Mm -hmm. in our residents, because how much do you remember from your very first clinical preceptors? I mean, tremendous amount, Mm -hmm. right? Yep. They teach you. I mean, I remember one of them. He's like, I just need you to keep it simple. (laughs) I'm like, oh, the kiss method. Okay, I can do this. I've got this. So yeah. And prone positioning for spines and checking the eyes and the, you know, all of that is advocacy. Mm -hmm. It's patient advocacy because you're caring for them. So, yeah. So uh, you're here. Mm -hmm. You are at the meetings. Mm -hmm. And I've always seen you at the meetings. That's how I know you so well. (laughs) Um, So I'm thinking that you think that modeling is good for your students to see. Because I do know that there are program directors that never show up, mm-hmm. yeah. that never come to meetings, uh, who I, I hope they're members of the AANA, God forbid. Mm-hmm. But so talk a little bit about modeling behavior that you think your residents should see. Yeah. If they see you walking the walk and talking the talk, they will model themselves after that and they will come to meetings and they will be engaged. And the importance of that, I always tell them that being a member of the AANA is the least thing that you can do Mm -hmm. because it is your professional insurance. It is the thing that is going to make it possible for you to continue to practice the way that you want to. And so, yeah, if you show them how it's done and model for them, I honestly believe that at some point, one of my residents will be president of the ANA. That's how much I push them to do this stuff. And they love it. I come back from one of these meetings and they're like, oh, so Dr. Hoke, let's see your new badge. And I show them my badge and they count the number of ribbons on it. And they're like, oh, there's more ribbons on this one than there are on this one. I'm like, oh gosh, guys. (laughs) My Lord, you know, sometimes I wish I would have kept all my badges, but I'd have, what, 33 years of badges. I don't need to keep my badges. I don't need no stinking badges. (laughs) But I think what you're saying is really important, especially at meetings like this at Mm -hmm. mid-year or at the state level too, it's important that the CRNAs who are there, who might not be clinical educators or might not be an educator, might not sit on the board, but um, sitting down, having a conversation, opening a door mm-hmm. and saying, what can, I, what can I offer you to the students, right? Yeah. Um, that welcoming atmosphere. I know for me, besides the fact that my program, I, I mean, I was wrapped around brilliant, brilliant people. Lynn Van Warmer was one of my clinical instructors. Kathy Farrell was the FPD oh in New York. God. I was did surrounded by not have like the best of the best. Holy cow. I really did. I really did. And then my first committee 
uh, as a student. I was on the Council on Accreditation. It was Nancy Burt-Marie. Um, yeah, Betty Horton was my staffer. Uh, Scott Foster was on. I, I didn't have stand a chance of not being involved. Right. Um, they just sort of dragged me along like a kid sister, and I just assumed this that's where I belonged. Um, and I, I think every CRNA can do that for every student. It, it doesn't take much. It doesn't take a lot of effort to be kind, to be respectful. Mm-hmm. Um, and to and me, inclusive. That's, and inclusive. And I think that's part of leadership. I think it's an important piece of education. Um, clinical sites should be respectful oh. and inclusive. You hold the bar high. You and do. And you tell them they need to reach that bar because mm-hmm. we all do. Mm-hmm. The profession has to reach that bar. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's my job to not only um, help you get there, but to hold you to that standard. Mm-hmm. And if you're not going to get there, I'm going to kick your butt until you do it uh, but that's well, how we I do find it in jersey they're like but. that tough love piece yes it's kind of like but why are you so hard on me why is this oh I because have i have that. these expectations <laughs> i don't have time for that <laughs> but they come back and they thank me later mm-hmm. because right. they say oh you know what dr hoke i had this really hard case and i could just remember hearing you say it's this it's this it's this and i did those things and everything worked out well and so that is a huge piece of it as well. And I, I want to go back to Kathleen O'Donnell because um, she drove up to a main education meeting when I was the education chair. And she sat down with me and June St. Pierre, who we referred to as Ms. Miana because she was the main person mm-hmm. there. And uh, they sat down and convinced me that I needed to run for new england assembly treasurer okay and i was like oh no 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 guys i am way too busy here to be doing this (laughs) and they're like no you're going to run (laughs) so i was like and you know i'm glad that i did because it taught me a lot it taught me a lot and you know it's not a fancy degree you don't need a doctorate or an mba or anything like that what you really need is good communication skills and be able to talk to at those six states and say the hardest thing is saying, no, you do not have this in your budget. You cannot spend this here. So yeah, you need to cut back here and make these things. And so it, it taught me that the communication piece of it being detail oriented, watching the bottom line is better for the association at times than giving away the farm. It's hard being treasurer. I was never treasurer in anything with <laughs> now you are NCANA or AANA and now my uh, Republican Women's Club I'm the treasurer and they still were doing everything handwritten <gasps> reports and I had to digitize this <laughs> and it has been one more learning experience and I now know why I was never treasurer of anything <laughs> else but I digress. So if you can pick any one thing to share with uh, students that might be listening to this, what would that be about leadership and advocacy? What would you like to share? We have a lot of students who listen to our podcast. Yeah, I think that's wonderful. You know, something that I found out here is that over 50% of the people attending this meeting are our nurse anesthesiology residents. And I find that extremely exciting. Do you know why that is? You're sitting at the table with somebody who helped, who started the mentorship program. Oh, I know that. Yes. This. Tracy started that program. One of my uh, favorite it did not things. Start it. I was with the original group of people who well, started it. Scott McLaughlin was the PR chair. It. And it was Scott who did it. But 
It was in conversation with Beth Ann Clayton and myself and asking us, why are you two young women at this table? That why? sounds like him. <laughs> why are you on committee and not home with your babies? And, oh, um, Lord. Now, you couldn't say that it, now. He, it wasn't quite what he said, but that was what he was suggesting. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we both looked at each other and looked at him and said, because we were student reps and it's what you do next, kind of. And right. it was from that uh, she was on council on, um, she was on the education committee. I was COA, as mm-hmm. I said, and, and for both of us, it was just a natural evolution, right? You know, somebody opened a door and said, you have a seat at the table. And for me, if I could sit at a table with Nancy Brute Marie, who scared the pants off me, and she's one of my favorite people with her and she still scares me sometimes. Yeah. She told me, she called oh. me the other day and said, just call me whenever you get a chance. It's nothing important. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm so scared. <laughs> one of my very favorite people but um you know that was that was where scott then he said well then we need to bring more we need to get more students on committees mm-hmm. and we knew the aana wasn't going to fly with that at the time this was 1999 mm-hmm. and so that's when we um said well then i said just put them with a leader they just need somebody to open the door and have a conversation and that was the beginning and then they all kind of went their way and i kept it going as a one-woman show for quite a few years until other people jumped in. But when we talk about students, I, I think we should also talk about the new grads, one to five oh, years absolutely. out. I oh, think yeah. it's not just our, our nursing anesthesia residents, but it's also our one to five years because that's where you need to capture them. Yeah, and that's, that's where we're losing them. Yeah. And I think we need to mentor on, on all levels. I think we need to, I don't know your opinion. Mm-hmm. It's, this is I your know. podcast, I'm the guest. <laughs> um, but I think we can do it on, you know, not just to sit on a board or to sit on a committee, but just like we're saying, to either educate or, um, you know, the seasoned CRNA can mentor the new, st- and I try and do that all the time, the new grads, mm-hmm. I, you know, mm-hmm. I become mother. I said, I'm moving into grandmother role, but, um, you know, I try and just be a touchstone. The reality is, is that they're leaders already mm-hmm. and just, going out and doing what they do every day. And what I'm seeing, because there has been such a change in our practice models, everybody's going 1099 now Mm. and all these other sorts of things. And so you have to be a leader if you're going to go 1099 because you've got a lot you've got to take care of to fix that. So you're automatically there because you're a CRNA, because you're at the head of the bed, but they're becoming chief CRNAs. And they're advocating at facilities to change the practice. So just call me up. I'll be your mentor. I've been part of the student mentorship program here at Midyear forever. It's one of my favorite things to do. Mm-hmm. I get that email from Karen Sutkus and I immediately turn around and say, yes, of course. <laughs> because, and I've seen the fruits of that in that some of my previous mentees are on their board, they're presidents already, and they're doing all these sorts of things. So kudos to you for that program, because it's brilliant. And I love it. Listen, it's the people who show up every year and do it. That's who get, I just built a, I helped build a framework. The framework is only as good as the people who are willing to participate. And um, it's run for so long, because really good CRNAs. Um, agree to participate and share their knowledge. Yeah. And I can't take credit for that. That's, that's <laughs> other people's doing, and that's not mine. Today's show is brought to you by the folks at CRNA Financial Planning, an independent consulting firm that offers financial planning services exclusively to CRNAs and their families. 
From planning for a child's future college expenses to building a predictable income stream in retirement, the firm is committed to offering you comprehensive financial services, customized to fit your unique needs and objectives. If you have questions about your financial future, get them answered. Call the team at 855-304-3748. That's 855-304-3748. Or go online to crnafinancialplanning.com. I have to ask a question, going back to leadership and training Mm -hmm. and education, and Mm -hmm. you said day one, it should begin. Mm -hmm. Um, I did my master's back when the dinosaur walked the earth um, (laughs) to become a nurse anesthetist. Um, And so I went back for my DMP, Mm -hmm. different program Mm -hmm. than a, they call it differently. At least they did it rush. There were those of us just purely getting a DMP Mm -hmm. versus those who were doing it along with a clinical degree. I think that's how. Um, So I did three years of all DMP. And Mm -hmm. there was leadership built in there, clearly. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of stuff that's given me confidence to be able to have a conversation with an administrator, things I didn't know, right? Mm -hmm. Um, All the stuff about scheduling and pro forma. And there was leadership incorporated in there. How much leadership is, are you able to incorporate, as far as a class goes, in a DMP that involves a clinical degree? Because it's clearly, it's it's an abbreviated DMP in a sense. It's challenging. We have, um, we try and incorporate it into pretty much everything that we do somehow. So like our clinical residencies, there's discussion boards on leadership. You've got this sort of a problem, this sort of a concern. We're going to start incorporating some of it into simulation labs Mm -hmm. where you're the charge CRNA. There's two cases going on. This case is going south. They've called you to come help. While they're in there helping with that first case, they get a call. There's a crisis in room two. What do you do? So it's informing that kind of leadership as well. That critical thinking. That critical thinking. You've got to, and this is something that I keep asking the AANA, the membership of the AANA. We're trained as CRNAs to ask the why, to critically think through a process. What I'd like to see the ANA doing is giving us, the membership, the why. Why do we need to increase dues? Why are we spending money here? Why is this happening? Those whys, you answer those whys, it's a smart group of people. They're gonna answer. And I think that we need to ask them, what can we do to decrease our reliance on membership dues. They're smart people. They're innovative people. They're coming up with all kinds of businesses and business models that we weren't even thinking of. So just inspiring them to do those things, we try and do that. In our professional development course, we bring in leaders, have them talk about these sorts of things. And one of the greatest things is that we had uh, Bridget Petrillo as our peer assistance and wellness person. And she came in and she does this, not even really a lecture, but she talks to them about her story and what happened with her and how to take care of your wellness and all those sorts of things. And all of our residents were just like, you know, I know that's not really this, but to see her in this role as a leader now, the unexpected leader. They absolutely loved it, and she's, she's brilliant. In your sim lab, have you thought about also, um, I think one of the things that our opposition has done well is gotten seats at the table that we have not even started scratching at. 
administratively. Mm-hmm. Um, and as the hospital systems are growing, I work for the 10th largest hospital system in the country now. Recently, they took over our anesthesia group. I've always been in the hospital, but we were a contracted group. Mm-hmm. And they kicked the contractor out. And now we work for the group, which has created opportunities, mm-hmm. which I'm trying to make for myself to get to scratch my way up and into um, a seat. Yeah, into seats. Opportunities mm-hmm. to be seen. Get out of the OR. Right. Do you work on that with the students? Because I think that's other real leadership that, we're lo- that we mm-hmm. lose at. That's where we lose the game. Oh, absolutely so. One of the things that we do is our clinical coordinators, anybody who is a, a chief who goes to those medical staff meetings or those sorts of things, we ask them for a week to take a resident with them, mm. show them what it's like Just to mentoring. be yeah. a charge CRNA, take them to those meetings with you so mm. that they can hear the conversations and the questions that are being asked to help them, guide them, give them that 30,000 foot view of what being a CRNA is about. Mm-hmm. It's not always about you in this OR, it's everybody else in the facility and at the mm-hmm. C-suites. If you've got that kind of a view, that leadership view, it makes everything else just kind of fall in place. Right. Because it gives you opportunities to innovate too. Right. And when you're leading innovation, you get a seat at the table because mm-hmm. you're helping the system, whether it's to lean them down or be ahead of the ball, you know, ahead of the game. Um, yeah, that's all good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I love coming to all the different meetings, the ANA meetings, because you get to talk to people such as yourselves and go, okay, so this is what I'm doing here. What can I do to make it better? And I just go home from these feeling invigorated to go and make it better. And every year I ask our residents to do a self-reflection, program reflection. What did you like? What didn't you like? Now be constructive, Mm -hmm. but so many of the changes that I have made in our program to make it better have come from those papers. We need this. I like this. Maybe more of this. And so we incorporate all of those things into our program. If you don't grow, you die. But in that way, (laughs) you're allowing them to lead. They're leading for the next generation. Right. They're willing to step up and say their truth. And that's leadership. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I was so afraid you were going to get mad at me. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to get mad at you. You are part of this program. You graduate from this program. You are always part of this. Make it as good as it can possibly be. So, yeah, I love their comments. You're doing all the right things. You know, I went to the Wake Forest program, which has had more national presidents than any other program in this country. I mean, we've had, I think it's. 8 to 10% of all national presidents, something like that. It's crazy. Came, came from that one school. But I will tell you, Sandy Marie, well, Nancy was the assistant program director and then left right as I got into school uh, to start another program. But they made no bones about it. The, too much, to whom much is given, much is expected. And the first day of class, I'll never forget, I'll come in, I sat down and I was sit, I, I sat beside of Jerry Hogan. Um, and Sandy stood up. We thought we were getting our books, and that was it. She lectured for eight hours. First thing she said was, nobody is going to put me to sleep who makes a B. You will all be making straight A's, or you're out. No pressure. you will be 
involved in your your association. She was just coming off being AANA president, and it is expected. I always paid my dues because I was terrified that Sandy would know <laughs> if I didn't. Yes, we do just, know. Yeah. I was scared. We do know. And yeah. I've contacted residents and go, I don't see your name on this list. What yes, is going on here? Exactly. And they're like, oh, well, I guess I should get back to this. I spoke at the Region 2 and 6 leadership meeting. Yes, yes. And I walked into Wake Forest and I see all those presidential pictures there. And it's like, oh, my gosh, I feel like I've walked into Mecca. Really? This is incredible. They have all of yeah. our pictures yeah. up yeah. there. It's very cool. As they walk in, it's like a shrine. <laughs> <laughs> which makes you very happy I'm sure you know of course of course of course it does so as we wrap this up mm-hmm. you know wh- why don't you tell us who inspired you to become a leader everybody's got that person I know who Tracy's is who was yours oh you know honestly so many people so many people have guided me and I get my energy from them the two of you have inspired me Tim. right answer <laughs> I was sitting here saying she's just making that up I'm not I'm not but at we all. are sitting here looking at her you knew that was coming uh, we're still it, gonna let you stay on the program you know? yeah it's still air it's this. the uh, it, it's you know as you grow and you evolve and it your changes. leadership style changes who you need as a mentor is mm-hmm. a different person. Absolutely. And so, that is so true. Um, it, it's that. It's, you know, my residents inspire oh, yeah. me. Me too. Yeah. They inspire me to be better every day. And it, it's for them that I do this. And because, and I remember I, I have this lecture on generational differences. And I talk about how, which generation you're from, what you value, what you need. And I'm Generation X, and we value our schedule. So if I'm self-scheduling, I'm good to go. And um, I am not loyal to a job, but I am loyal to my profession. Mm-hmm. And when I read that, I was like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. that's that totally me. It. <laughs> Very good. Right? So yeah. any concluding thoughts you want to leave our listeners with before we wrap this up? Just know that as a CRNA, you are automatically a leader, mm-hmm. and it is that leadership across the country, whether you're in a critical access hospital that is one or two ORs, and you've saved my parents who live in rural Nebraska, or you're in a large academic center. As a CRNA, you are a leader, and I just appreciate all of you and what you do, and thank you for being part of my community. Well. Thank you, Christy, for everything that you have done for this association, what you do for your residents. I've watched you for a very long time. I know what passion That's that exactly you have. the word I was just going to say. Absolutely. Your passion for teaching for this association um, is palpable. And it's um, one of those threads of consistency mm-hmm. when I come from meeting to meeting that I know is always there and it never wanes. It never wanes. And I thank you for your leadership and your contribution and always um, wanting to do what's right. And and you do it at a thousand percent. You never do it halfway. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. I always want my, my key term is integrity. And if I can't do it with integrity, I'm not going to do it. Well, you always, you always do. Thank you. Thank you. And always will, as I well know. It's an honor to be here with you guys. So 
Thank yeah, you for joining us. So I think that's a wrap, Tracy. Thanks for listening to Beyond the Mass with the absent Jeremy Stanley, myself, Sharon <laughs> Pierce, and guest co-host. Tracy Castleman. If you like our show and want to help us grow, Tracy, can you tell our listeners how to help the show grow? The best way to help us is to like the show, share it on social media, tell your friends, and leave a review. But make it positive, as Jeremy always says. We all know there's enough negativity in the world. And I love this part. Beyond the Mask (laughs) is in the top 50 medical podcasts in the country and number one in the CRNA community. So thank you. Absolutely. Thank you to all our listeners. Until the next time. Attention all certified nurse anesthetists. Are you in need of a reliable and quality continuing education option? Well, look no further than crnaeducation.com. We are an NBCRNA recognized provider offering all four core CPC modules to meet your certification requirements. You can choose from more than 100 AANA prior approved Class A CE credits with 43 articles covering a wide range of anesthesia topics. Need pharmacology CE credits? Well, we've got you covered there as well with over 40 pharmacology CE credits available. All credits are completed online and are mobile friendly. Choose articles worth one, two, or three credits. There's no subscriptions, no hidden fees, just the CE credits you need when you need them. Owned by CRNAs since 2011, you can trust in our commitment to your education. And customer service is always a quick email or phone call or even text away. To sign up and find out more about our education options, visit crnaeducation.com, your partner in continuing education. That's crnaeducation.com. Beyond the Mask is made possible by the team at CRNA Financial Planning. With almost two decades of experience, the firm guides CRNAs through the complexities of investing and financial planning. Schedule a free consultation today by calling 855-304-3748 or go online to crnafinancialplanning.com. Hi, this is Jackie Rolls, President of the International Federation of Nurse Anesthetists and President and Founder of Our Hearts, Your Hands, a global anesthesia support community that takes donations to allow nurse anesthetists in low and middle income countries to go to educational programs, buy equipment or textbooks. Your donations are tax deductible and we would appreciate your support. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you like to listen to shows. Also, be sure to check out beyondthemaskpodcast.com. Each episode is posted there with a corresponding blog post, and we timestamp important parts of the episode to help you quickly get to the content you're looking for. Also, check out the special series section on the site. You can follow along and catch up on the CRNA History Series, episodes specifically about political conversations in the industry, or try the CRNA Personal Finance Series. It's all on beyondthemaskpodcast.com. And if you have a question for the show or want to be a guest or even suggest a particular topic, 
fill out the contact form on the site or send an email directly to us at info at beyondthemaskpodcast.com. And lastly, let's take the conversation social. Check out our Beyond the Mask podcast Facebook page and Facebook group.